Hello, this is Father Mike Walker of Father Mike's Podcast and Father Mike's Bible Study Podcast, the pastor of St. James Catholic Church in McMinnville, Oregon. If you would like more information about the parish or the podcast, please feel free to email me at frmikewalker at gmail.com. And now, today's podcast. So the great thing about John's Gospel is it tends to have many layers. And so in this story that we heard... There is the surface layer, and the surface layer is that Jesus is at this wedding with his mom and with the disciples, and they are running low on wine. That's because weddings back then took about a week, and part of the host family's job would be to supply enough food and wine for everybody. And if they ran out, then the host family would feel a little shamed for that. And so Mary intervenes on their behalf. Jesus effects a miracle and gives them enough wine for the wedding and the day is saved. You know, so that's kind of the surface, uh, surface level here. And it's a great surface level story about how the concern of the hosts and Mary's intervention and Jesus's miracle gives them what they need in the moment. But there is something more going on here if you go a little deeper because it really is also speaking about how Jesus is the Messiah and what the Messiah will bring. And there are clues to this. Uh, For example, the sheer abundance of the wine that is made, uh, around 150 gallons. So you have an abundance that that is done here. Also, you'll notice that the wine is, is kind of this great, rich wine. And you'll also notice that there's this Understanding that it's at a banquet and it's at a wedding. So all these are Old Testament, Old Testament images that reflect what will happen when the Messiah comes. This idea of abundance, this idea of banquet, the idea of marriage, and especially being connected to wine. And so all this is underlying that. In addition, it shows how Jesus will enter into his kingdom more fully. Because this is the first sign of seven signs in the Gospel of John. All of them pointing to the greatest sign, which is Jesus' death. And so anytime that Jesus talks about his hour in the Gospel of John, it refers to his passion, his death, and his resurrection and ascension into heaven. And Jesus uses that word specifically when he's talking to Mary. And he says, woman, my time has not yet come. By the way, that term woman is not derogatory. It refers back to Genesis and it refers forward to the book of Revelation where the woman is part of the messianic plan. And in Revelation chapter 12, it's symbolic of faithful Israel and the restored Israel in the day and the era of the Messiah. And all this is underlying what is going on here. This is Jesus's first miracle. It will be what kind of kickstart kickstarts his ministry and from that point on he will be headed toward the cross following the will of the father it seems that mary knows this because when mary asked jesus to perform this miracle she is doing it in a sense kind of giving him the green light so that he can begin his public ministry and i'm sure that jesus and mary at some point in their lives would have talked about what that might mean Uh, jesus had that intuition that it would ultimately would lead to the cross And both of them, Mary and Jesus, they lived to fulfill the will of the Father. And so now they know that it is time. And so Jesus refers back to his hour, but once he starts that miracle, it has begun. 
So you can see how this, this layer is, is something that speaks very powerfully about who Jesus truly is and what that means for us as our Lord, our Savior, and our Messiah. But I wanted to talk about a couple things in particular. So one is the conversation between Jesus and Mary, where Mary is telling Jesus that it's time. You know, it, you know do the miracle, Jesus, because it's time for you to begin your ministry knowing that it ultimately will lead to his death. She is willing to sacrifice her son to follow God's will. And this is something that could not have come easily. Uh, As parents, as mothers, you know what it is to sacrifice for the sake of your children. But it's difficult to watch your children sacrifice for whatever reason. And... Lately, I've had a few of those kinds of funerals where the parents are burying their sons or their daughters, and it's just, you know, that unavoidable suffering that comes in that sacrifice of your children, which there's no real good answer on this side of heaven. And in those moments, you know, the, my heart goes out to especially the parents who are struggling through that particular suffering or sacrifice. Those things are unavoidable in life. There are those times in our lives where people we truly love have to suffer and sacrifice. And often on this side of heaven, like I said, we don't get the full significance. We will, of course, one day because we realize that there is something greater than this world alone. But in the moment, that's just a very strong and powerful thing and a very difficult thing to have to go through. And nothing can be more difficult for parents than that. And you will often hear parents say things like, I wish it were me rather than them. And that's, you know, a very common response to that. There's also a different kind of suffering that happens. And this is one of those types where you are allowing your children to suffer for a greater good. Sometimes it can be an easy thing. It can be, okay, I'm going to let you fail over here. I'm not going to intervene. I'm going to let you fail so that you can learn something from it. And then afterwards, we can have that conversation. Okay, what did you learn by attempting this and failing? Uh, As a kid, I understand that very well. I was very good at failure. I still am. You know, it's like one of these things that your parents, it's like, we wish you could do it for you, but we can't. So we're going to let you do it. And we're going to be there for you to help you once once you come around. But, But in the meantime, it's really difficult for parents to take a step back and watch people fail. And because I'm a father, I understand this too. Uh, there are times that, that people want to try something and, and they're stepping out in faith. And I know it's not going to go well in the beginning because we fail a lot as people. And we fail a lot even when we're trying to do the right thing. And it takes a, a little bit of learning along the way. Um, there was a deacon that I worked with in my last parish And he came in, he's all gung-ho, and he's like, we're going to do this retreat, and it's going to, you know, and he had all these plans, and and I'm thinking, it's too early, and you haven't met the people yet, and you know, but he was so on fire for it. I said, okay, well, let's go ahead and do it. I knew it wasn't going to quite work out, and it didn't. It was pretty much a failure. But the great thing about it is afterwards, he said, okay, well, we didn't do this right, we didn't do this right, we learned this along the way, and so next time, we're going to do it this way. And it's like, great, that's, you know, that's how we want to take life, isn't it? It's like we're going to make mistakes, and we have to take those steps in faith, be willing to risk things for the sake of the kingdom, so that when it works out, we can give God glory, and when it doesn't work out, we can learn from our, our mistakes and move forward. And it's just part of that pattern of life that we have. 
All right, there are also those times, I think the, the most difficult kind of sacrifice when it comes to the people we love is allowing them to go to their death when it's avoidable. So, for example, you'll read these sort of stories, uh, like there were several, uh, several of these instances that you read, especially in the Old Testament. Uh, there's this touching story of, of the mom of the sons in the book of Maccabees, and she knows that she is going to her death, and now she knows that if her sons don't forsake the ways of Israel, that they will be killed also. And she tells her, she tells her sons, be faithful and be strong, even if it leads to your own death, because nothing is more important than God. And, and those are hard things as well. And it seems like this is where Mary is, because Mary is telling Jesus, yes, you need to get about your ministry. You need to do what God is calling you to do. I need to be about what God is calling me to do. And that means just simply allowing you to be the Messiah, even though it will she knows, end in, in suffering, and it will end in a great sacrifice. Not very dissimilar to what Abraham went through when he was ready to sacrifice his son Isaac. No, but Mary did sacrifice, in a sense, by letting him do that. And she was there at the cross, watching it all in those last days. So there's, you know, this, this great um, willingness, knowing that something greater will be accomplished in the end. And it's like some of those, those uh, parents that allow their kids to go off to war for a great cause. You know, it's like there's a, greater, there's a greater reason. And so that's also something that can be very difficult for us as people of faith. To know that sometimes in this life, there are greater things to die for than this world alone. And this is part of what it is to be a person of faith. It doesn't mean we're jumping out all, you know, happy about it, but it does mean that sometimes we may be called to that kind of sacrifice. All right, now, it all sounds uh, pretty depressing right now. You know, I'm talking about all the sacrifice and suffering. But there is the other part of the story, and that is the abundance of God's grace, his mercy, and his love. And we see that represented in this idea of the wedding banquet and of the wine and the abundance and the richness and the greatness of God. And really, that's what life is about. Uh, I remember once uh, my dad had this particular, it was like a Slurpee machine, and uh, a salesman came in and, and he wanted to sell a different one that was much more inferior. And my dad said, why would I want to trade in my Cadillac for a Chevy? You know, and that was kind of like a saying that my my grandparents used to say, you know, why would I want to trade in a Cadillac for a Chevy? And uh, there are things like that. You know, there are some things that are just so great that nothing else will compare to it. Um, one kind of weird example of this is like my grandma's fudge. So, so my family doesn't make a lot of things great, but they make a few things really, really good. So fudge is one of them. Potato salad is another. But anyway, pickled eggs. There are a few of these kind of things. But anyway, I've never had fudge better than my grandma's. And so every time I taste some other fudge, and don't try, don't even try to say, no, Father, you've got to try my fudge. But anyway, um, it is one of those things, right? It's like once you kind of find that, it's like you're not going to trade it in for an inferior thing. And that's also what was going on there. Because once they had this new wine of the new covenant that Jesus brings of the kingdom, it's like there's nothing greater. It's represented in that head waiter that said, 
you know, wow, usually people in a wedding will serve the good wine first, and then when they've all drinking freely, then they'll give them the inferior wine because they won't know the difference. But here, you waited to give the good wine until last. Well, that good wine is what our Lord offers us as people of faith. It's a great thing. Once you get it, you won't want to leave it behind for anything else because nothing else can compare to it. And I know with like all the other false religions and everything else, that once you understand what Jesus brings, it's like, why would you possibly want to trade that for anything else? For any kind of secular anything? For any kind of false religion? No. It's like once you get the the Christian thing, it's like nothing else will do. And this is the greatness of what Jesus brings. So maybe this week we could think about those three things. So the first one, of course, is yes, there will be times when we have to sacrifice. The second one is being obedient, listening to what God asks of us and doing whatever God tells us. And the third one is just realizing how great it is to be in God's kingdom and to give him thanks and praise for that and to understand who he is and what he does for us. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. May God bless you and be with you as you live out your faith and serve the Lord this week.